The Young and Healthy Podcast. You're listening to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. I will be your host for today, Bo McMillan, and we have one of my favorite topics. Uh, as we approach Halloween, as scary movies are on TV, as we're getting our costumes together for parties or trick-or-treating, scary stuff is just going to be all around us. And we wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about how that affects kids psychologically. So with me today to talk through this is Shivali Saragi, clinical child psychologist here at Cincinnati Children's. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm doing great. This is literally my favorite subject. I'm just, I'm going to warn all of our listeners, this is going to be the spookiest podcast that Young and Healthy has ever done. So just get ready. Let's do it. Um, Shivali, typically when we, um, when we record this podcast, we like to ask like an overarching question, mm-hmm. right? Something that's going to be general that kind of leads us into the topic at mm-hmm. large. And we, we have that and we're going to get to that. Okay. But I feel like it would be inappropriate to start a spooky podcast without first asking, what's your favorite scary movie? What's my favorite scary movie? I don't watch scary movies. I watch only things that make me smile and laugh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so if scary movies aren't your thing, what about Halloween in general? I mean, I like Halloween. Um, in terms of movies that make me smile, I'm like big Star Wars, Lord of the Rings yes. fan. So yes, doing all of that sort of like cosplay stuff and having an opportunity to do that is fantastic. Um, I think Halloween's fun and a great way for like kids to be social and interactive with each other um, and a good way to kind of like bring neighborhoods together sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We'll figure out a reason to talk about Star Wars some other time Let's and we'll have it. you back on. Let's do it. All right. So uh, kids and spookiness. Um, let's get with that high level mm-hmm. question, which is quite simply, is it okay for kids to be exposed to scary things or should parents try to shelter them as much as possible? Yeah, absolutely. Kids should be exposed to things that they find scary. I think everyone has something that is scary to them, and it's not going to be the same across children. Of course, we want things to be developmentally appropriate. So appropriate for your child's age. I wouldn't want maybe like a four-year-old watching, um, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But um, we shouldn't shelter our kids from things that make them distressed or scary. When kids are exposed to things that make them feel distressed or scared or anxious, that helps them build up that tolerance for distress that's going to be really helpful later in life. Um, Not just for like scary things, but distress in general, hard things in general. Um, It also normalizes fear as an emotion that is okay to feel. Mm. Fear is an, an emotion that we all have. And that's necessary at times. It's not dangerous to feel fear or to feel scared. And those feelings will eventually pass. Um, And we want kids to feel comfortable um, with the fact that this is a normal feeling. Mm. I can feel this way and still be okay. Um, And I have like supports to help me when I do feel this way. I really like that answer because fear is 
it's an emotion we can't avoid it no. it's going to happen at yes. some point right yes. um and and i love the idea of you know introducing kids to that and mm -hmm. then talking through them yep. with that with them letting them know it's going to be fine i i feel like going back to your idea of like and we'll talk about this a little later in, in the episode but finding the appropriate mm -hmm. things for them to mm -hmm. to consume um, I, I feel like I'm not here to put my parents on blast, but I feel like they were on both ends of the spectrum when I was growing up because yeah. um, on one end, they let me watch Ghostbusters like way too early. Okay. Um, I which, do like Ghostbusters. Uh, so Ghostbusters 1 and 2, probably my favorite movies like of all time. Sure. Um, however, when I was young, I had no concept of what a ghost was and okay. that introduced that mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. So then I had this new fear. Yeah. And they had to work through that with right. me, um, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, we're not perfect people. Our children aren't perfect and we aren't perfect as parents. So I think that it's important to know that it, you'll make mistakes mm -hmm. um, and something that you don't really think will be scary for your child will be scary for them for, you know, a random reason. It might not even be like something that would be billed as like a normal scary um, movie or media or something like that. Um, I do think, right, we want to always use those as opportunities to have like, open-ended conversations, to ask open-ended questions so our, our children have a chance to talk about how they feel and express um, their thoughts and emotions about these things in a like non-judgmental space um, and where they're sort of getting the opportunity to feel like it's normal to have these conversations. Um, although that's hard sometimes for parents to do too. We, we weren't all trained to talk about our emotions all the time. But I think it's a it's a good opportunity for that. We definitely want to like if, if kids are, you know, more scared than we thought they would be, we want to give them that space to process it. We don't want to over reassure our kids. They're going to become dependent on that. Um, but we do want to express our confidence in their ability to get through it. Right. And that we're here for them and support them. Yeah, I love that. And and I I want to clarify, I am very thankful my parents sure. introduced it because, I mean, that that's part of the reason I have this love of, like, scary stuff to this day. Um, but it, I just found it was so interesting that as a child, I, I was probably, I don't know, five. Mm -hmm. I, I had no concept of, again, ghosts or anything yep. scary that mm -hmm. suddenly it introduced me. Now, I was going to mm -hmm. get introduced to that regardless at right. some point in my life, right? right? Um, but I do think they did a good job talking me through it. I remember there right. were nights where it was hard to fall asleep because I was just thinking about the monster under exactly. my bed. And yep. I remember my mom saying, I don't know, I was probably, again, like five, but I, I'll never forget her saying, like, try not to think about it so much. Like, don't just sit there in bed and think about the monster. Like, so they mm -hmm. did a good job talking me mm -hmm. through how to handle mm -hmm. those emotions, too. Yeah, definitely. I, I think parents are, are key for this um, in – not just explaining kind of what you can do, but also sharing and modeling. Um, I really like when parents model um, emotion, uh, emotional expression and um, call out and make very explicit their way of processing and dealing with their own emotions. Like, mm -hmm. oh, that thing scared me. Um, I know that that is a fake decoration um, and it might still pop up in my brain, but I'm going to remember that it's fake and that I'm okay, right? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, I love that. It, I feel like so many of our episodes of this podcast come down to just having dialogues mm -hmm. with your kids and just talking mm -hmm. through things with them, which, as you said, yeah. can be difficult at times. Certainly. Especially yeah. when emotions are involved, but it's obviously so important. Definitely really important. There's really nothing that beats the open dialogue between parent and child. Yeah. So uh, 
if it is okay to introduce children to scary uh-huh. things, uh, obviously the level of scariness in any given form mm-hmm. of media can vary. Mm-hmm. How can we know whether or not a child is ready for something we're going to show them, or can we even? Yeah, I don't know if you can ever fully know. Again, something that would be really scary to me might just make somebody else laugh. I think if you think about like classic horror films, even as an adult, there are things that would scare me, and there were mm-hmm. things that I would say that's not a horror film, that's just a really poorly done comedy. Yeah, um, So I don't think you can ever fully know. I think that you know, it's definitely useful to use guidelines. If it's rated PG-13, probably shouldn't be, you, you know, exposing a younger child to that, or you're definitely going to risk like a bigger emotional response. Um, and I think if you are really sort of struggling, if your child is really interested in something, you're not sure if it's appropriate you know, experience it yourself first if you mm. can. Um, talk about it with your pediatrician um, if, if it's something that, you know, you feel like you really want to do but you're still not sure. You, you know, talk about it with your pediatrician. Uh, I think the American Academy of Pediatrics also has, like, some useful guidelines on media um, and children. So that would be another really good resource uh, to access free online. That's that's really helpful. That. Um, so again, going back to my parents, I think the other end of the spectrum from Ghostbusters, um, again, something they introduced me to when I was young that was helpful were the Goosebumps mm-hmm. books, if, mm-hmm. if you remember those. Um, I got into those, I think, when I was in first grade. I just learned to, mm-hmm. to read, basically. And um, those were so formative to me, not only as you know, you know someone who enjoys horror, but as someone who's an avid reader. Mm-hmm. Those books, mm-hmm. I, I could not get enough of them, and my parents. No wonder really you love Halloween, <laughs> right? So, so again, like this all makes sense. Um, but those books were obviously um, geared towards kids, mm-hmm. and I felt like my parents did a good job of talking yep. to me about them. And yep. there were certainly scary elements in there, but I never it's felt exactly. like it was anything, at least in, as far as I can remember, anything that was too extreme. Yeah, there are definitely age-appropriate things um, that are out there. Um, So if your child is really interested in that or you want to explore it, go for it with those age-appropriate options. I wasn't allowed to read those growing up. I was sheltered from them. I don't know if that was the best choice. Again, not to call out parents here uh, or our own personal parents. But, um, you know, I think, right, that is a great example of, like, here, yeah, go ahead and read this. It's okay to feel this way. Um, you know, you're going to feel this way at other times, right? And this is all really normal. And we can also have a conversation about how this isn't real. Um, and, and especially with younger kids who don't have that conceptualization, as you were talking about earlier with ghosts, we do want to make sure that we are helping them kind of identify reality versus oh, like yeah, that's really good. the unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it was... Um, I was reading an article not too long ago when Jim Henson, who created the Mm -hmm. Muppets, but then also Mm -hmm. did crazy movies like Mm -hmm. Dark Crystal, Mm -hmm. which uses these puppets that are terrifying. Yes, yeah. And they ask him about that, like, did you think about making your puppets less scary? And he's like, no, it's it's important for kids to experience that. Yeah. Uh, It's not a bad thing. It introduces them to them in a way that, um, at least, you know, he he was being careful with how we made the movie. He's like, I know this is safe, Mm -hmm. um, but it can introduce kids to, like, you know, things they might not normally see, things that are so, yeah. uh, like you said, um, not within reality. Yeah. And, and, you know, that can be easier to distinguish from what you see every day. Right, right. If I can get really psychology nerdy here Please, for a second. that's right? why we have you here. Uh, 
when we do therapy for anxiety or like really big scared feelings um, and distress that's getting in the way regularly, our gold standard treatment is called exposure-based intervention. And it is really just sort of systematically exposing kids to things that make them feel distressed um, so that they can one, learn that the like expectations, the fearful expectations that they have probably aren't going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Where we get a little bit of that reality testing. Um, and we also learn that we can tolerate distress and we can kind of build up our muscle to tolerate distress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all of that comes into play with scary stuff too. Mm-hmm. They're exposed to on a regular basis or scary media. Yeah, I love that. So thinking of it like a muscle that you work out. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to, you know, strain your muscle, right? (laughs) Or do things that wouldn't be like age appropriate for your muscles. Um, But we do want to exercise it. And that's not bad. Mm -hmm. I I, I was listening to a podcast not too long ago. And um, there was a a guy on there talking. He he had a, a young kid, I think around seven or eight. And he was telling this story. I can't remember what they were watching, but they the, the dad was watching something on TV that he knew was scary. Mm-hmm. And he knew it was on the cusp of, like, maybe something that his kid could handle. And, mm-hmm. and the kid walks in the room and just, like, kind of stops and is watching the TV. And the dad's, like, watching the kid, mm-hmm. like, seeing if he's okay. And, like, every like he's engrossed. And he's like, hey, like, are you okay, buddy? And he, the kid's like, yeah. And he's, like, really into the movie. And then something happened that was really scary. Mm-hmm. He just saw the kid's eyes just get huge. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, we're going to turn this off. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, kids are going to see things that are scarier yep. than what they can handle. It's yes. just, again, this time of year, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, just a fact of life. So when when your child does see something mm-hmm. like that, how do you talk to them about it? What, what are helpful things you can do to assuage that fear, that anxiety? How can you, like bring them back from that? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think, first of all, like great noticing on the dad's part, right, of what his child was experiencing, because I think oftentimes, right, when we see something that's scary, it's so scary, we can't look away, right? So Mm -hmm. just because your child's watching it and not like running away doesn't mean that they're okay with it um, or they're not scared by it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think two things, you know, it's okay to provide some level of reassurance, I think, especially for younger kids. Um, But I like to separate like reassurance provision from like information Hmm. um, provision from parents. So like I can get information or I can get reassurance. And so maybe, right, I'm getting some information about the movie that it's fake, but we're not constantly reassuring that you're safe. We're not talking about it every night. Um, because that is actually kind of making the child a little bit dependent on that reassurance to feel safe um, when they're really safe already, right? Mm -hmm. And we want them to feel safe. I think that's another great opportunity for open-ended questions um, from parents. So not just like, were you scared, yes or no, but like that seemed kind of startling. What did you think about that, right? Or I was scared when that thing popped up or whatever it was Mm -hmm. that they were watching. Um, What what did you think uh, about that, right? So getting, you know, your child's perspective um, with those open-ended questions, um, not putting kind of words in their mouth, so not making them more scared or less scared or telling them that they shouldn't be scared, right? That's mm-hmm. just fake, right? Or I often got told, the bug is so much smaller than you. Why are you afraid of it? It's afraid of you. <laughs> I can't explain it. People, I'm a f- people who say that have never seen a spider. Indeed, I agree. That's why I have a cat now. He kills all my spiders. Um, 
So, you know, none of those things where we're sort of, again, putting words in, in our kid's mouth and telling them how they should feel, um, but giving them the opportunity to express it with those open-ended questions. And then again, I think that's a really great time for that dad or other parents to model like, whoa, I was really startled by that. I'm going to like pause and take a couple deep breaths and then maybe I'll keep watching, right? Or, you know what? This is a little too scary for me. I'll come back to this movie when I'm ready for it, right? Something like that. And again, kind of showing your children that there are like various healthy responses to emotions like this um, they can consider um, and that you know, there's not just one right way to respond to fear. Like we just get through it and muscle through it. And every day is an episode of fear factor or, you know, we have to avoid it at all costs because fear itself is dangerous. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And that goes back to what you said earlier in the episode with parents, you know, modeling their own emotions mm -hmm. and their own responses mm -hmm. to that and, and showing, you know, their kids, here's a healthy way to go about it. I especially love what you said about, you know, not telling them to just not be afraid. Oh, mm -hmm. it's not scary. It's fine. It's not real. You're fine. Yeah. You know, recognizing that that child had a real emotional right. response and that that's okay. Yeah. And then working through that with them. Yeah. I love the, I understand that you're scared. That makes a lot of sense to me that you're scared or afraid or anxious about that. Um, I know that you feel that way and I know you can do it, right? I really believe in you. I know you can do hard things, right? This is hard, but I know you can do hard things, right? Where we're ex accepting the emotion your child's expressing and expressing our belief in the child, not in like the situation, right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's such an encouraging thing, I'm sure, too, for a kid. You know, even outside of the topic of scariness, but just so encouraging to the kid. Definitely. And it's also, you know, encouraging them to not keep those feelings inside the next time because they're going to get judged for finding that spider very scary, right? Um, not that that ever kept me from asking somebody to kill spiders growing up. But um, it is going to help them not feel like this is a wrong thing and I can't talk about it with mom and dad or my caregiver. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, keeping it inside and, mm -hmm. and trying to work through it mm -hmm. yourself. Um, one of my, this is going to come as a shocker, uh, one of my favorite authors of all time is Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a complete shocker. <laughs> um, he had a book uh, that came out a few decades ago called Dance Macabre, and mm -hmm. it was kind of like a long-form essay on his thoughts of horror and what makes things scary mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. audiences react to. And he he has this, I think, really interesting argument that uh, the days before television, the days before movies, when you just had books and radio, mm -hmm. that it was much easier to scare audiences because they relied so heavily on their own imagination. Mm -hmm. So there was like a, you know, you you give them a little bit, but you don't get to see the monster on a radio program. Right. Your mind fills it in. You can right. describe it, but your mind is filling it in. And so he argues that uh, it's much harder for individuals creating horror content mm -hmm. nowadays to actually scare people. And he has this really interesting analogy of, you know, you hear a scratching at your closet mm -hmm. and the scariest, the scariest time is actually your way over to the closet to open the door because right, your right. mind's filled with mm -hmm. whatever it can be. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, you could open the door and it could be a 10 foot tall cockroach. Right. And that's terrifying, but at least it's known. And he, you know, he argues that that takes a little bit of its power. I'm, I'm wondering, right. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on just the power of the imagination to fill in those gaps. Yeah. I think our imagination is, um, unexplainable uh, to some degree and definitely um, going to add to the anxiety um, in 
anxiety treatment, we focus a lot on this idea of uncertainty and being able to tolerate uncertainty. And you're right. Oftentimes, the uncertainty about a situation, not knowing is what makes it more anxiety provoking, more scary, more distressing than um, actually experiencing it. Um, And I definitely think that's true for scary things um, like in the media. Uh, I definitely understand Stephen King's point there for sure. Yeah. And I I think it's so interesting, too, because nowadays we do have so many ways to consume things that are scary, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, outside of, you know, I I guess, including what we just talked about with, you know, how much we need to use our imagination when we're consuming something. uh, Do you see a difference in uh, scary things affecting kids depending on the medium? So I'm thinking a, a movie versus like a video game that's scary. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I'm not entirely sure. What the research tells us, I do think there's some research on how violent media affects children. Um, I think it's going to be dependent on on each child. Some kids might be more scared reading a book and letting their imagination kind of run wild. I think I definitely have um, plenty of kids come into my office scared by something that they read as opposed to something that they saw. I think that um, there is probably an element, especially in role-playing games, video games, um, where you're sort of more immersed, where that might be a little bit more scary, or a virtual reality, um, where you're a little bit more immersed, where that might feel a little bit more scary and harder to dissociate um, yourself from that experience. Um, but I think, you know, the other the other side of the coin is, uh, I think oftentimes, kids are becoming desensitized yeah. to some of these things, to some of what should feel a little bit scary and we should be a little bit like not avoiding, but you know, having healthy doses of mm-hmm. right. Because there's just so much access to it. Like you said, um, it's just very available on all media platforms and there's just so much exposure at such a young age now. And I'm, I'm sure kids are stumbling upon YouTube videos or TikToks Certainly. or things it's that... It's really easy to go down the YouTube rabbit hole. And not expect to see something scary and then suddenly... Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I love scary stuff. I love video games. I cannot play scary video games. I, it, that is where my line is. Mm-hmm. Um, VR, forget it. I would never even try it. <laughs> I, would never, I would never even begin to try it. But even just like a normal video game... There is something about it. I don't know what that's whether like I'm in control of it or like you were talking about like with an RPG that's like a little more of a simulate. Like I don't know if I'm just too close to it, but I know I can't do that. Yeah. And yeah, I think that I don't know. I I just wonder like I, I think it's so fascinating that you said you have kids coming in who are mm-hmm. more scared by what they read. I guess. Yeah, it's definitely different for everyone. And uh, for me personally, I would much rather play a scary video game or a video game where I'm going to be more startled than to watch a horror film. Um, so it's, I think, different for everyone what kind of is affecting them. And that is where sort of parental and caregiver involvement, you know, watching your children while they do these things, um, not just kind of leaving them to watch it, to do it on their own or checking in with them regularly about that um, is really helpful. Um, we want pa- we want parents and caregivers to be involved maybe see those things themselves or, or with our child while they're engaging with that media, you can see the reaction kind of like that dad um, you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I think that's so good. Just taking that journey with mm-hmm. your child. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, to wrap up, um, 
we do have Halloween yeah. approaching. Um, and I just wanted to take some time to get really practical. Sure. With trick-or-treating, mm -hmm. with more scary stuff just being out there, what can parents do to help their kids get ready for this season? Yeah, I think we can definitely, you know, if you're going trick-or-treating or if you're participating in Halloween, we can definitely talk about it in, you know, encouraging ways and um, enjoyable ways, um, expressing that this is like an enjoyable holiday. Aren't we so excited for this, right? I'm really looking forward to getting this kind of candy or I can't wait to dress up as so-and-so, right? Talking a lot about how this is all dress up, right? These are fake decorations, right? Let's maybe put some up in our yard or mm. we can carve a pumpkin ourselves so that your children can participate in that and kind of realize it's fake and not going to hurt them, I think is one way. I think the other thing you can think about too is um, thinking about age appropriate venues. Mm. Um, so, you know, if there is like a neighborhood, you know, trick or treat that feels safer for your younger children, or maybe through an organization like a religious organization or like a community organization where they are having the opportunity to do like a trunk or treat or like a small, uh, very localized trick or treat that is maybe a little bit more um, younger children friendly. I think those are really great opportunities. Um, but again, I think experiencing with your child, being ready to ask them questions about their experience, um, giving them the space to talk about things that they're maybe afraid of with Halloween without judging and sort of, you know, just curiosity. I love it when caregivers are curious. Mm. And if we can just approach all of that with curiosity, um, then I think we get a lot more from our kids um, and and we're prepared to um, help them a little bit better. But again, I think it's all going to be very different for every child. And I think getting them involved in the process of Halloween, if you're going to do that, is great. And being curious is great. I love that answer so much. That's that's so good. You know, Halloween's a spooky time, but it's a really fun time too. And to lean into that with your kids. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, lean into the enjoyment of that. If you're really into the spooky things and your child is too, lean a little bit into the spookiness, right? That's part of your enjoyment. If you're really into the spooky things and your child is not, maybe do a little bit of that on your own um, if you can. Um, but yes, enjoy it as much as possible and talk about that with your family and your children, right? We're doing this for fun, right? I want this to be enjoyable for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, Dr. Shiragi, is there, is there anything I missed? Anything that we didn't talk about that you want to hit on that you can leave us with? I think we hit on most of the points, um, right? Enjoy it. Um, I think everything in moderation, whether that's media or Halloween decorations or your costume, um, and, right, it's okay to feel fear. Fear itself is not dangerous. Um, it sometimes lets us know what is, and oftentimes we get false signals for that, mm -hmm. and then we need to do something about that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you. We're definitely going to have you back on to talk about Star Wars. Let's do it. I have not gotten that approved by the producers, but I'm going to say it on air, so it's true. I mean, if you have a Star Wars episode and I'm not here, I'm going to be very upset. No, never. Don't worry. Um, thank you so much for coming. I want to take one more opportunity to tell my parents I love them and that they did such a good job. <laughs> and I uh, am so happy that I love horror because I think they introduced me to it in a really healthy way. Um, but yeah, thank you again. We'll definitely have you back. Thank you. You've been listening to the Young and Healthy Podcast. Happy Halloween. <laughs>
This episode was recorded on September 26th, 2023. The content of the Young and Healthy podcast is for informational and educational purposes. Our theme music was created by Stephen Rico. This episode was produced by Symphony Fair Harris. Thanks for listening. Follow Cincinnati Children's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.